Father in heaven, we just want to thank you. Father, we just come to your throne room of grace this morning. Father, we've been exhorted, we've been spoken to, even through the prayer, through the worship. Thank you, Father, for preparing our hearts even now. Lord, even as we come now to the meditation of your word, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. A word in season. That you'd grant each one of us the spirit of Issachar. That we'll be able to see the signs of the times. That we'll have, that we will be people of vision. We may be few. Two hundred when compared to all the mighty armies of the other tribes. But I pray, Father, that Lord, you would give, grant us seeing eyes. Seeing eyes, O oh Lord, that we'll be able to see like watchmen and we'll be able to warn your people. Father, we surrender ourselves and we know, Father, that we can do nothing. Every human intellect, every spirit of this world and the wisdom of this world is foolishness. And unless until you quicken us this morning, and grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, Lord, we will just be dead meat, O Lord, to the enemy. Father, I pray that you would grant us this morning grace. To hear. To speak. To understand. To apply. And walk in your ways. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. For in Jesus' name. Amen. So, come to the ninth month of the year. What an year it has been. Who would have thought? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So, um, Six months of lockdown and we are here in the ninth month according to the chronological calendar. Year that, the month that signifies fruitfulness. And, uh, maybe there's a cry in somebody's heart this morning. Like Genesis chapter 30 and verse 1. The cry of Rachel. 30, 30, Genesis chapter 30, 30 and verse 1. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. I'm not looking at the, uh, at Rachel so much, but I'm just looking at that statement. It's looking at that and I said, Lord, give me children or I die. What's the whole point of living this life? Of being given so much of anointing, so much of those words, so much of the spirit, if there is absolutely no fruitfulness in my life. There's no meaning. And of course, we're not talking about physical children over here. In the context, we're, of course, this is physical children, but we know it's the letter, but the spirit is talking about fruit that pleases and brings glory to God. John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 8 will say, 15 verse 8 will say, 
By this my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. If you can put it in the NASB or the NIV. <clears throat> It'll be very interesting. Yeah, NASB, yeah. My father is glorified by this. That you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. <laughs> the proof of the discipleship is that we bear fruit. And that fruit that brings glory to our Father. Because it's due Him, right? Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed and showered upon us that we should be called the children of God. As many as have received Him, He gave them the authority to be called the children of God. Therefore, maybe our cry this morning should be, Give me children, Lord, or I die. The two kinds of barrenness, at least, at least, two kinds of barrenness that is mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Covenant especially. And if you look at the Bible, the law of first mention, it's found in Genesis chapter 11, verses 29 and 30. Um, you can put it in the NASB, uh, NIV maybe, yeah. Then Abraham, Abraham and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milka, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka and Iska. Verse 30. Sarai was barren. She had no child. Um, the word for barren, it's very interesting. The Hebrew word is word akar, which also means to be hamstrung. <laughs> Pastor was mentioning that. To be hamstrung, to be without strength, to be, to have the, it is inability to conceive. To, the inability to conceive. Have absolutely no power in yourself to bring forth anything of eternal value, in other words. Childless, no ability to conceive. That is one kind of barrenness. One of the kinds of barrenness. Another kind of barrenness, which I want to look at first this morning. Is found in Second Kings chapter two verses nineteen to twenty-one. Second Kings chapter two verses nineteen to twenty-one. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, "Please notice the situation of the city is very pleasant, as my lord sees, but the water is bad, and the ground barren." Of course, the word for barren here, another Hebrew word, shakol, in the Hebrew. What does this mean? It's me, it means being bereft of children. In other words, you had children, but they all died. They were all taken away from you. Okay. I mean, it's one, one, one place in, um, uh, in Isaiah and also in the, in the, in Chronicles and Kings when Hezekiah, uh, is, 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 um, bullied by this, uh, Senecharib, right? He gets this letter and Rapshaker reads out, reads out this letter and he asks his servants to go to Isaiah and say, we have come to give birth to children. But there is no strength to bring forth. We are losing them. We are being bereft of children. That's the condition. That's the condition we see people in. Is a tremendous amount qualitatively and quantitatively of apostatizing in these last days. 
And if you look at 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 19, you will see a very specific reason as to why there was barrenness. Why there was being bereft of children. The men of the city of Elisha, please notice, said, the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice, the situation of the city is pleasant. In other words, the city is dwelling in pleasant places. Everything for spiritual growth seems to be okay. okay. As my Lord sees, but what has happened? The ground is barren simply because of one reason. What is the reason? There is water is bad. The water is bad. And the word for bad is incredible. The water is evil. That's the word. Ra. The Hebrew. The water is Ra. And you will see that in the last days, there's a tremendous amount of people who are leaving the church. They're becoming spiritually dead. The church is becoming bereft of children. Bereft of children who will stand in the gap and who will fight. Apostatizing. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. You will see this remarkable verse of bad water. What is this bad water? Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times or in the last days, some will depart from, way, from faith. Why? Because they give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. There is water which has become corrupt. It's raw. It's bad water. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared by, hot, by a hot iron. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed and the son of perdition. And you see, the man of lawlessness is being revealed all over the place. And verse 10, it says, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Why? There's all bad water all around the place. It's evil water. It's bad news. B-A-D news. News is no longer good news anymore. It's all bad news. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. 12 to 15. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any one of you and what? An evil heart of unbelief in apostatizing. That's the word. Falling away, departing, apostatizing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. That's exactly what we've been doing for the last six months, right? Daily. In some cases, morning and evening. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. And we don't know when that today is going to end. Lest any one of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And then you, what will happen? You've, you've departed from who God? Which God? Which God? Was, 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 uh, 13? 12? 12? What, which says, you, brethren, there will be any one of you departing from the living God because everything about God is living. If there's no living relationship, it's dead. Faith without works is dead. Offer your bodies as a what sacrifice? Living sacrifice. There's a new and a living way. We've been born again into a living hope. It's a living faith. It's a living hope. It's a living sacrifice. It's the living word. The word of God is living and powerful. We know that. 
And he says in verse 14 and 15, therefore he says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Right? There's a tremendous amount of of um, of um, apostatizing and also an environment where the church is being bereft of children. I was looking in the morning, I, I mean, I, I slept early yesterday, at 10 o'clock I slept, and I woke, woke up at 1.15 in the morning. I started to prepare myself for today's morning service. And I was watching this interview between uh, Bob the Builder and my favorite David Wood. <laughs> okay. Just a few minutes, I just watched the first few lines of the interview, first uh, few minutes of the interview. Bob the Builder is this guy who uh, goes to the speaker's corner and he was this guy who uh, replaced J. Smith, meaning J. Smith had to leave and he took over J. Smith's place to, you know, speak to the Dava team in the in, at speaker's corner. They were having this conversation and uh, and he makes a very powerful statement and, 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 and uh, you know, some questions online coming. It was a live telecast and uh, questions questions online coming and saying... Um, uh, how many, do, how many times do you see Muslims being converted in your ministry? And, and he says there are a lot of Muslims who get converted. And he said, and he Bob made a very powerful statement. He said, you know what? In the UK, there is so many Muslims who get converted. But you know something? In a place where freedom of religion is supposed to be practiced and protected, Many of those people who are con- who get converted cannot openly come out and testify because if they come out and testify, they will be killed and the government knows it, but the mainstream media will not even, you know what, uh, report it. Never happens in the UK. In the UK. There were gangs of um, hardliners from the Islamic side who went on a raping spree. And the mainstream media refused to cover it. And there had to be a conservative voice from northern England who had to raise up, who had to stand. And he was telling, Bob was telling, you know something? It, they, when Muslims get converted, they get converted at a tremendous price. And in our country, which is supposed to be free, which is supposed to be a place where freedom of religion is supposed to be protected, you have Absolutely no protection from the government and it is, it seems that there is a hidden, hidden agenda. It's bad news. And the church is being bereft because nobody raises any voice about that. There's a place called Dearborn in Michigan. Okay. It's a place where you have Muslims. It was a, it's a majority Muslim kind of place. Okay. So many honor killings of people who convert. Nothing is reported. It's happening in US. It's happening there. Bad news. It's covered. It's evil, bad water. And the church is being bereft of children. And I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. Is there a precedence to this in the church, in the church or in the Bible? Years back, we, I mean, years back, several teaching sessions we know. Remember that during the time of Herod? There was a tremendous persecution. If you turn with me to Acts chapter 12, verse 1 onwards. Hmm? Now, about that time, 
Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Now this is the time when uh, uh, when there's a famine which is happening in 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 in, uh, in um, Jerusalem and all those places, especially in Jerusalem. So the church is being sent help from different other other churches, the Gentile churches. There's a persecution which has started, and people scatter. Only the apostles are left back in Jerusalem, and people scattered um, and uh, to different places, and they start preaching the word in Jerusalem. Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed who? James, the brother of John with a sword. Who is he? A child bereft of children. The church is going to be robbed of one apostle. Why? They're silent. And suddenly they wake up. And what happens next verse? Verse 3. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. And you know, to save Peter, there has to be a praying church which will rise up and say, Lord, bring us back our children. Bring us back our children. We are being bereft. You will see in different places, in especially in Nigeria. My goodness, you should see ethnic cleansing going on in different places in in, in places where uh, they are of a majority. And nobody reports it. And it's a hidden agenda. They deliberately not report it. Deliberately choose not to report. It's a deliberate attempt not to report. It's bad water all around. You've seen this? And what do we do under those circumstances? We get news right every day morning. We have a we have a devotion from the persecuted church. And Hebrews chapter thirteen will say, or verse three, if you will, please. Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse three. Remember the prisoners, as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Remember. Pray and say, Lord, we want our children back. <laughs> Can you imagine so many voices being silenced? I'm talking about places where they are, it's free, supposedly. And you should see. I mean, you go to Speaker's Corner, how there's a mob, absolute mob over there. And you know what is the one spirit that you will see? It is a bullying spirit all over. It's a spirit of, it's a bullying spirit. And what do you do? You stand up to the bully. And thank God, God is raising a few people here and there. And I'm telling you, you have to see, look at this guy, Bob the, Bob the Builder, okay? He's, he's possibly as old as doc, Dr. Richard Ney. I think he's as old as, uh, Abel. 32 or 33. Yeah. And you should see single-handedly how he, he steamrolls and He's taking over speaker's corner step by step, inch by inch. Awesome man of God. You will get fired up when you listen to him. Uh, and and of, course, of course, David Wood. You know, everybody knows David Wood, of course. It's powerful. Okay. And, and you'll see that mainstream media will not report all this. Nothing is reported. You know why? Bad water. Evil water. I'm talking about generally the scenario. What about the church? <laughs> Galatians chapter 1, please, verse 6. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. 
I marvel that you are turning away. Other translations, deserting. Other translations, translated. Other translations, translated meaning changing your course, okay? Um, other translations, converted. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Which is no really no gospel at all. And uh, please read, read verse 7. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And then go on. Read that, read that. And even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And the second thing, if you see this bad water, it's it's what we call as a spirit of, I mean, a bewitching spirit which is taking over the church. I mean, this is a Galatian church which is perverting the gospel, subscribing to something else, whatever that could be. I mean, it could be a legalistic gospel, it could be a, a liberal gospel, but both gospels are dangerous. Okay. Pastor was talking about conservatism yesterday, right? I mean, you can be conservative outside, but if there is no conservatism inside, <laughs> there's no point. Okay. Should be, it's just something inside, inside of your heart, and this is so dangerous. It says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, and he says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has what? 3 verse 1. Okay. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Baskanayo, that's the word in Greek, which means an evil eye. An evil eye. I mean, you should see this, this, this doctrine which, which makes the church bereft of children. Bereft. Okay. Legalism. You see, let me tell you something. One of the things that drives people away is actually the spirit of legalism. Okay. On the other hand, there is another spirit which attracts a lot of people is the spirit of liberalism also. But the gospel is a very thin line. Okay. So we, whether it is legalism or liberalism, let us not talk about these two. But there is one thing. It is something which is Causing you to pervert something which God has given you as clean. Water which has become bad, raw, evil. And as a result, what will happen? You will be bereft of children. Are you sure? Let me show you. If you go to the KJV now, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 32, verse 52 onwards. Slowly. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 52 onwards. And he shall besiege thee. This is blessings and curses. Remember the chapter on blessings and curses. And obviously you will see that more number of curses are given than blessings. Okay. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down wherein thou trustest throughout all thy land. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Hath given thee. And look at this. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body. And the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee. And this is verse 54. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, what will happen to him? His eyes shall be evil toward his brother. 
toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children which he shall, shall leave? An evil eye. And verse 55, so that he will not give to any of them the flesh of his children whom he shall eat because he hath nothing left him in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in all thy gates. And then you go on. The tender and the delicate women among you which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness. I mean, somebody was telling me the most elegant translation in the English language is the KJV. Half of your idioms in the Indian in the English language is from the KJV Bible, by the way. If you want to read the Bible for exactness and clarity is NKJV, NASB for exactness and clarity and NET. Okay. For elegance, KJV. Okay. And exactness and ease of reading, NIV. Okay. So that is a, a small lesson, okay, for you. The tender and the delicate woman among you which would not adventure to sit, set the sole of a foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom and toward her son and toward her daughter and toward her young Young one that cometh out from between our feet and toward our children which she shall bear for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly. What is happening? Evil eye. Evil eye. That is the reason why Galatians chapter 5 verse 15 will say if you bite and devour one another you will start doing it. You will start biting and devouring one another. And this literally Happened in the time of Elisha. Remember? Turn to Second Kings chapter 6 if you will. And verse. Um, um, yeah. Uh, verse 24 onwards. Okay. And it happened. After that, after this, that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went, went up and besieged Samaria. There was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. Okay. We looked at it in several contexts. Maybe we'll look at it some other time later. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help my lord, O king! And he said, If the lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? And the king said to her, What is troubling you? And she said, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. Look at this graphic. What is happening? Church is being bereft of children. Bereft. It's becoming barren. Why? Slowly, slowly, you will allow that poison to come out, come into your lives. Slowly. And it can happen to anyone. You can, it can happen to anyone. If you learn, look at, look at uh, Galatians chapter 2 in verse 11. This is powerful, okay? Verses 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. 11 to 13. This is what it says. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would not eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas huh, was getting carried away. 
I mean, think about that. Now, that day, if Paul wouldn't have stood up and confronted and Peter wouldn't have repented, so much of loss to the church. It all starts because you allow certain things. You know, this is what we call a tolerance. You know, Pastor was talking about it. Tolerance. I wrote this down. If you turn with me to Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 onwards. We know this very well. I mean, we, we, we studied it in different contexts. And uh, detail of this is given on the website. You can go there and the entire book on book of Revelation, verse by verse. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, your love, your service, faith and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. You're increasing, you're developing. But then, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you, what? Allow or suffer. Another translation you'll say, tolerate. What do you do? You tolerate. You know, there's a word, word in Telugu, ponile. Chalega. Chalta. Koi dikkat nahi. Huh, yeah, yeah, we said, exactly. But I have against you that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel. Tolerate. Boss, these things cannot be tolerated. You, two things, we do not wrestle flesh and blood. But we do not succumb to any bullying spirit. There's a spirit which tries to bully us, scare us, manipulate us. Manipulators or intimidators, and especially the intimidation. He says, intimidation, which is going, I'm telling you, this is a spirit of intimidation. Let me, I'll give you something recent which happened. Some of you may not be aware, some of you may be aware. There was uh, a recent uh, interview between uh, two scholars in the Islamic realm. One scholar, one student, one big guy. Okay. Guy's name is Yasir Khadi. Okay. He was having this interview with another one of his uh, students. He was interviewing. His name is Muhammad Ajab, by the way. If you somebody, if you know him, Muhammad Ajab and uh, Yasir Kadi having a having a in, having a conversation, and uh, and Muhammad Ajab was getting these questions from a lot of Muslims because Quran's they say that Quran is perf- perfectly preserved. Not even a yacht or a tittle has been changed. Perfectly preserved from heaven to <laughs> to uh, Muhammad and to the Quran. But recently they have found, not recently, it's been there for so many years, but you know, that, that kind of a culture, you, you cover up everything, okay? You whitewash everything. Western scholars have found out hundred, actually not hundreds, at least 30, 40 different manuscripts of the Quran. And not one and the other the same. At least 37. It's called the, this is the it's Ahuruf and the Kirat. It's going on. So this discussion between uh, the scholar and uh, the student, and the student is asking, so many people are asking, that the Quran is perfectly preserved. What is what is your take on that? And this guy <laughs> is a, a little sensible guy, okay? You know, he's a little wise and more sensible. And he tells this guy, he says, there's nothing called as a perfectly preserved Quran. Okay, and he made a statement. He said the standard narrative that we generally tell our our people in uh, in in uh, in our uh, community it has holes in it. 
the standard narrative has holes in it. And people like J.S. Smith, they all knew this. They looked at that interview. They caught that interview. They downloaded the whole interview. <laughs> and they started posting and telling, I mean, going on YouTube, David Wood's channel, J.S. Smith's channel, every channel, they were bombarding saying that. See, guys, the Quran was never perfectly preserved. And what is your argument? And when this backlash, I'm not backlash, when this uh, apologetic people started exposing this uh, interview, you know what happened? That guy took away his uh, interview from his channel. This guy deleted that part from his interview. And when the interview, the part was deleted, people got more curious. <laughs> okay, they got more curious. And what happened was, there were so many people who openly, publicly came and said, you know what, we are leaving Islam. And who was caught in this crossfire? This guy called Muhammad Ijab. This is a bully of the first order. Now, when this guy came to know that he was exposed, you know what he started doing? He started sending hate twitters to everybody who was opposing him. On Twitter, on YouTube, harassing, calling names to their wives. And this is essentially the spirit of the bully. And you know one thing, I respect in, for, if the, for controversial, however controversial David Wood might seem to you. But this guy stood up. And it's something which I don't want to mention right now. If you're curious, you can go online and see what he did. You stand up to a bully. You stand up to a bully. And you know what they did? Those guys went and said, you have to, uh, you have to, what do you say? Um, uh, de- de- uh, call him down from Patreon. This is appealing to all these people saying that, you know what, these guys get a lot of money from Patreon. Don't subscribe to this Patreon account anymore. And the very next day, in David's channel, 200 people were subscribing to his Patreon channel. And his income increased. Because he stand up to a bully. See, I'll tell you something. This is happening in the mainstream media. I'll tell you, this is very, 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 very important. Okay, there was a recent uh, um, uh, uh, post on one of the on one of the channels where somebody was mentioning about the persecution of the Christians in other other countries. Okay, especially Muslim nations. And then what happened? YouTube took it off from YouTube's platform. That platform saying that it is hate speech. And you should see all these guys who stood up and fought this bullying spirit. It is, it is there. You cannot tolerate these things. There will be a bullying spirit. We cannot tolerate wrong doctrine which leads people astray. We need to have people like Apostle Paul who will look at Elima and say, you, son of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, you who do not cease to pervert the straight ways of God. Full of the Holy Spirit. And why? Because there is a mind-blinding spirit which is happening, which is trying to take people away from the right way. And they're all intelligent people like Sergius Paulus. Right? Sergius Paulus. In Acts chapter 14, if I'm, or 13, if, 13 if I'm right. Yeah. Acts chapter 13. He's an intelligent man and you have this Elima the sorcerer trying to resist this gospel. And so that he could take this people away from the church. And what will happen? This guy will withstand him. He's not going to be 
you know, Paul is Paul, right? He will call anybody anything. See, you ca- you cannot be nice. You cannot be politically correct. You should be willing to take correction like that. A lot of people like things to be put in nice ways, no? Yes, you have to be very pastoral in your... Sometimes I feel, come on guys. I think we have come to a point wherein we can take correction a little more bluntly, right? I hope so. Full of deceit. Full of fraud. You son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness. Boy, this is polemics. (laughs) It's like Jesus, right? You whitewashed tombs. (laughs) You brood of vipers. You tolerate. You cannot tolerate these things. You cannot tolerate false doctrine. You cannot tolerate sin. You cannot in your life. Remember? Cain? Cain, Cain, why are you angry? Sin is crouching at the door and it is desire is to have you. In other words, it wants to control you, but you should master it or him actually in the KJV. He wants to have you. You should master him. You should rule over him. You should have dominion over sin. You cannot tolerate. You cannot tolerate sin. That is the reason why we have to be radical, it says in in in, in, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 18. Remember Matthew chapter 18. Even if you cause one of these little children who believe in me to stumble, it is better for you to have a milestone and on your neck and drown into the sea. And then it says, if your right hand causes you to stumble, if your eye causes you to stumble, if your leg, chop it off. It is better for you. Not to have this. They have to cause one of these little children to stumble. Otherwise the church will be bereft. You cannot tolerate all these things. You cannot tolerate false doctrine. You cannot tolerate false doctrine. You can. You have to keep on checking, Lord, what am I listening to? That is the reason why. Take heed how you listen. Take heed what you listen. And it's just not these two. John 7, 17 will say. You know this very well. How you listen is this, this way. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine. In other words, I could be preaching or anybody from this pulpit could be preaching the most powerful, anointed, right, doctrinally correct word. But because you do not have the will to do his will, you will not understand. Be closed. Understand this. Okay. There's evil water. And this barrenness. I mean, you see that. Even during, I was talking to somebody the other day on phone. He was was telling me, Vijay, even during this pandemic, the prosperity gospel preachers are still talking about prosperity. And they have followers. I mean, we are not talking, we are not, see, think about it, like Pastor was saying, we are not like, we don't speak poverty. We don't preach poverty. We don't, we say, seek first the kingdom of God. Forget about the rest. He will take care. See, what has happened? You tolerate. It's okay. It's okay. What, you need to have somebody who will stand up to you and say, you know, something, we are not going to tolerate this. We are not going to allow this. We we will not allow this manipulating or a bullying spirit to control us. No way. We'll stand up to it. And say, you know what, Lord? We'll have all the love in our heart, but firmness in our mind. 
all the love in our heart, but firmness in our mind, and we will stand up. But this because it will not stop. That is the reason why there should be one day a confrontation on Mount Carmel. What is it? The demonstration of spirit and of power. And all debate, debate will be over. Simple. All debates will close that time. Everybody will know who is God. Think about this, no? What happens to Sergius Paulus? Please, can you go back to that place? I mean, it's powerful. 13, uh, 13 and uh, verse 10 onwards of Acts. Oh, oh, full of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Oh, Paul, you have to be loving Paul. What kind of a language is that? You'll be hurting their feelings. My goodness, emotions and feelings are such horrible deceivers. You know that? People controlled by emotion. Absolutely no substance at all. Oh, you will hurt their feelings. And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind. You see, this is how you deal with this. Remember this, this, not this, this guy. You know the other guy, when Peter goes to Samaria? What is his name? Simon the sorcerer? In Telugu, the the word is very interesting. Garadi Vadu. Garadi means he will do Maya. Jadu. Jadugar. And Peter looks at him, he says, you are in the gall of bitterness. Repent of this, perhaps God will forgive your sin. Perhaps. That means you are gone already. You see, this is how you withstand these things. These are spirits of sorcery, of defeat, of, of deception. And they try to bully you. We do not tolerate that. Even our own lives. And we don't want to listen to those voices. We say, cut off those voices. We do not tolerate compromising doctrines. No way. There's one doctrine, the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ. We'll come to that. So what do you do? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell upon him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. That's actually his original state. He's a blind leading the blind. Both will follow, fall in the ditch. And then the proconsul believed when he saw what has been done, being astonished at the teaching or the doctrine of the Lord. See, Elima, the sorcerer. I mean, there is a spirit of sun. There's going to be a confrontation in the last days. Think about this now. If this happens on a debate platform, boy, oof, that will be an awesome debate platform. <laughs> I mean, I'll just imagine this, okay. You <laughs> finish blind, all the followers will see this. They'll get stunned. And this guy, Sergius Paulus, is an intelligent fellow, by the way. They're sensible people. They're being blinded because of the spirit. And there should be a guy who's going to confront this in the last days, who will not tolerate it when he sees one. Remember, Paul is like that. He doesn't care about his life. These are the people who didn't care anything about their lives. Their life was not dear to them. This, this, this girl is running behind him, saying that, oh, these are the servants of the Most High. And he knows that she has a python spirit, the spirit of divination. He rebukes that. It's gone. He's not going to be deceived. A man who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, if you look at verse 10, this is what it says. Verse 9 and 10. No, Acts chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. And Saul, who is also called Paul, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. I mean, in other words, he looked right, right into his eyes like this, no? 
right into his heart. That's how you look at a lion who's trying to intimidate you. You should see National Geographic, okay? A bunch of two lean guys, two guys or three guys maybe. And there's a pride of lions which is eating a prey like that, no? And they have to steal the prey. What are they going to do? Are they going to use a gun? Are they going to use a stick? No, they're going to do nothing. You know what they're going to do? They just stare at the lion like that. Two lean guys. I'm not say, I'm not kidding. It's as, as lean as Emmanuel maybe. She'll be upset with me, but it's true. Okay. <laughs> Two lean guys like this, no? And they just, just, just look at the lion like that and they keep moving towards the lion and there's a bunch of seven, eight lions. A pride, lionesses and lion. And the males are even more aggressive, you know that. And you should see these guys just go there and they scoot off in different directions. You should see that in National Geographic. And, you know, I, I remember I, when I was at uh, the Gideons, right, um, I was uh, doing a Bible study there some time back and this brother from South Africa had come. He was telling me, you know, you know, brother Vijay, we used to live in the African jungles, near the, near the African jungles and one of the things that we've been told, whenever you see a lion, you don't run, you stare back at it. I said, boy, <laughs> not me. I run from a lizard, but I get the point. <laughs> okay. You see, you stare back at the lion. I mean, that's how they try to intimidate you. You don't, you don't buckle down. You stare back. Who is this fellow? Uncircumcised Philistine. You st- this bullying spirit of the, of Goliath. All scriptures is about who? About Jesus. That's exactly what he did. He was looking at this Goliath. He looked at this. Who is this fellow? He's going to kill me? You know what? I'm going to use his entire force against him. It's one of the techniques in uh, judo, if I'm right. They use their entire force against him. You know, <laughs> the fellow will come with full force, uses like this and uses against him, that fellow will fall. That's exactly what Jesus did. Full force, Satan came on the cross. And what he did? He disarmed them. Kya baat hai? Principalities and powers of darkness and made them a public spectacle. And it says, had the princes of this world knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What a verse in First Corinthians chapter 2. That is the reason why Paul says, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech, not with eloquence, so that my your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because I did not seek to know anything. It, it says, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. But we speak wisdom. What wisdom? Hidden wisdom. That is not, that is revelation. Which will disarm. So we don't tolerate we do not tolerate those things, those lies we withstand them. It doesn't, doesn't matter how intimidating they may see, that they might seem. We say, no way, no way. We're not tolerating this in our own lives. And we will allow ourselves to be confronted, by the way. Okay? We, should, we will be like Paul and Peter, right? Peter will allow himself to be conf- confronted and finally he will say, like our dear brother Paul writes according to the wisdom that God given him and people pervert it as they pervert other scriptures. And here's what he's saying. He's calling the letters of Paul as scripture. Thank God for humble brothers in the church. The church is being bereft. You know why? 
because we tolerate. Tolerate bad water. And we sell ourselves. First Kings chapter 21 and verse 25. First Kings chapter 21 verse 25. So what, has, what happens? But there was no one like Ahab <laughs> who sold himself to do wickedness. That's a very powerful word, right? Who gave himself. Who turned himself. To work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom his wife stirred up. Her name is Jezebel. Because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. Don't sell it. Don't sell yourself. 23-23 of Proverbs. Look at what it says. Buy truth, if I'm right. Okay. Buy the truth. What you should do? In other words, what, what does buying the truth mean? Pay the price for it. What is that? Pay the price. See, it, uh, it is not necessarily only money. I understand that. But invest on it also. Okay. Buy. Buy truth. In other words, you have to pay the price for truth in your life. You have to pay the price. Inconvenience. It will inconvenience you. Inconvenience you, rather. Buy the truth, but do not sell it. Also, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Four things you should buy. What should you buy? Truth, wisdom, instruction, understanding. And don't sell it for stupid things like food. You see, that is the reason why how we look at and respect men of God is so important. I'm talking about authentic men of God. Yeah. Who he says those who labor in the world should be counted worthy of what honor? Double honor. I know you can translate it in very ways. It's a linear equation basically, right? Okay. If you are given honor X, X amount of honor, Peter, X amount of honor. The worst person who labors in the world should be given. What is that? No? 2x. Thank you. Thank you. Psychology student is getting better math. Okay, then computer science. No problem. Okay. 2x amount of honor. X plus x. Think about that. Think about that. So if Peter, if you want 20,000 rupees, what should he be worthy of? Ah. I'm not saying that you should pay me. Don't uh, see, 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 see. Let, let me tell you what it means. Let me tell you what it means. The guy in the company who's highest paid is the most valuable asset, right? That's what it means. Why do companies retain talent and say, "Oh, you're leaving"? Oh, somebody was leaving. I'm some, somebody whom I know very well. Okay, uh, one of my relatives. He was leaving a very good company for another. And they said, "Why are you leaving? We will. What are they? What are they giving you?" What are they giving you? Ah, they are giving you so much, so much. We will give you the same plus this. Can you stay back? Okay. It is not the quantity of money, how much you value that asset. That is what I am talking about. Hmm? You see? 
think about it now how it how it is in so many places like the pastor comes for the birthday function uh, marriage function wedding function engagement function uh, before engagement function after engagement function when is he studying the word i am giving you sambhavana sambhavana means the priest will get that, that thing no that offering you come and do your mantra and puja we will give you sambhavana that's how they treat the pastor they don't release him they don't back him up and say you know what pastor you study we are there see because you, it's like you know those guys who put paul down the rope you know he is precious the voice of god see we know, we understand all of this in material terms right we understand talent in material terms we understand resumes in material terms and we want to retain the best i remember my professor when one of his students wanted to leave for another lab he went to his hostel room and stood before him till he opened the door <laughs> i was i was laughing to myself i said he was waiting till he got up the student got up and he opened the door and professor was right in front of him in the hostel ah oh, please don't leave my lab like I was shocked. Okay, sir, I will not leave. I will stay in your lap. That is how they look for students. They value. See, understand these things, my dear brothers. These are fundamental lessons. Okay, you are not talking about monetary benefits. I just gave you an example. I am talking about how you value them. and pray for them that's what paul says that pray for us that we can be given utterance that we can preach the word of god with boldness and with clarity and with authority you see there is there are two things okay there is a bullying spirit which is authoritarian and there are people with authority there's two different things authoritarian that fellow has no truth therefore he has to give danda and said obey me authority is like you know you have tested it it has got empirical data that it works it's proven okay so even if you say no i will not obey it i don't believe there is gravity and you jump you will prove the existence of gravity that is authority that is the reason why it says in romans chapter 1 verse 30 and 31 look at what it says fantastic verses two verses romans chapter 1 verse 30 and 31 backbiters the last two verses sorry Third, last two verses yeah yeah 31 and 30 31 that undeserving untrustworthy unloving unforgiving unmerciful who what is that knowing the righteous judgment of god that those who practice such things are what of death you know what for word word for deserving means the word for deserving in the greek is axio from which we get the word axiom what is axiom in mathematics something which need not have any proof two parallel lines meet in where infinity they meet but in infinity okay <laughs> okay <laughs> that is the exact definition okay they meet so do you need proof for that no it's 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 a fact you don't need proof it is axiomatic they know that those who practice such things they axiomatically deserve to die 
So what do they do? They use authoritarianism in order to suppress the truth. That is the spirit of Jezebel and Balaam or whatever it is. It's a spirit. It's a manipulating spirit. It's a bullying spirit. Authority and authoritarianism, totally different. What did Jesus have? Authority. What did Pharisees have? Authoritarianism. They hushed up the matter. They plummeted people into submission. But Jesus, he just had to go and preach. Demons would fly from there. And they would say, what kind of a what? Not man. Teaching. Yeah, exactly. Doctrine is this. That is authority. That is authority, my dear brothers. So, by truths. 23, 23. Proverbs. By truths. In other words, put a premium on this and listen to people who will inspire you to go and seek for truth with all of your heart. And there are so many truth seekers. And I hope we are one among them. And it will, what will, what will, what will happen to us? It will cost us. It will cost us. Do you want to go away? <laughs> to whom can we go, Lord? You and you alone have the words of life. By the truth. Do not sell it. Do not sell it. You know why? If you listen to false doctrine, you will be bewitched. Then you will sell yourself. You will compromise the next generation. So what is the solution to this? Second Kings chapter 2 verse 19 onwards. Let us read that again. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant as my Lord sees it. But the water is bad or evil and the ground is bereft of its fruit. It's robbed. And he said, bring me a new bowl. Put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And then you know what he did? Then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and says, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water from it. There shall be no more deaths or barrenness. So what is the remedy for barrenness? Death and barrenness. You see that? That means you're being bereft, right? Salt. What is salt? Grace. Galatians chapter, sorry, Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. 4, 6. You know this verse very well, but we'll look at it again. <clears throat> Let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That is something. It means grace should not be taken away. What is grace? Grace of God. It is it is, the, it is a teaching which brings you to God. It is a teaching which makes you to overcome. You have been saved by grace through faith. Right? And again, Titus chapter 2. And we can look at verse uh, 11 to 15 in the NIV maybe. We know this verse very well. Hmm? Uh, verse uh, 11 to 14. Uh, in the 11 to 13 in the NIV and 14 in the K- KJV. Okay? NKJV, whatever. Okay? It will be interesting. We know this verse very well. 
for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no. That is what it means, right? Bad water. Say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. Where? In this present age. And then how do we do it? While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that we that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous for good works. Verse 15 will say, these things, these things, speak, exhort, and rebuke with, all what? Authority, not authoritarianism. All authority, let no man despise you. In other words, let your teaching work in your own life first. Prove it in your own life. Let people see. When he's speaking, he's speaking the truth. There's authority. Alright? So, come back to the teaching which will exhort you to live a life which is self-control, which is upright, which is godly. That we will give up, um, which we will say to no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Self-control, upright, and godly lives. And then you know what happens? Grace comes back, comes back, and we will be able to save not only ourselves, but the next generation. All right. Let's look at uh, the second kind of barrenness. That's found in, found in Genesis chapter 11, verse 29 onwards. 29 onwards. Okay. Then Abraham and Nahor took wives, the, the name of uh, Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nehor's wife was Milka, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka, and the father of Iska. But Sarai was barren uh, because she had no child. In other words, she had the inability to conceive. You know, the word for um, no child is Olad. Child is Olad, from which we get the word Olad. Olad nahi hai. Okay, a lot of Hebrew Hebrew words are uh, used in both Arabic, Urdu, and in Hindi as well. Olad. So, how do we? How? What is this kind of a barrenness? Now, this kind of a barrenness is not the one which we talked about first. Uh, there are seven kinds of uh, seven people who are barren in the Bible. Okay, first you'll see Sarah. Now, you'll, you, yesterday, Pastor was praying about it. Remember, if you were in prayer, if you're tuned to the prayer, um, last he was mentioning about in the ninth month that he was talking about different women in the Bible. You see, Abraham, Sarah was barren, Sarai was barren. Rebecca was barren. Rachel was barren. Fast forward, Mano was, Mrs. Mano was, 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 was barren because Mano's wife's name is not uh, mentioned. Okay. And then you had Hannah who was barren. And then Elizabeth is in the new covenant and one more woman who was barren before Elizabeth. Excuse me? No, no, that is, uh, she was barren for life. Okay. That is because of her own doing. Okay. That is something else. She she was uh, not barren because God, God closed her womb. Something else happened over there. 
Uh, Rebecca, we already said. Okay. Very obscure person. But we're not going to look at it. Maybe maybe we can do a study on that later on. But we have Sarah. We have Rebecca. We have Rachel. We have Hannah. Uh, sorry, uh, before Hannah, we have Mrs. Manoah. And we have uh, Hannah. And then we have the Shunammite woman. Remember? Shunammite woman. She was barren. And then we have Elizabeth. That's the order. You have seven women in the Bible. That's interesting. Seven women in the Bible who are specifically mentioned. And especially this word barren, which is the word... Uh, 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 kara. Kara. Which is kara. The word kara is used uh, with these women. And it occurs, occurs about 12 times in the Bible. Which is also means to be hamstrung. Meaning having no ability to produce something which is of, which is of value to God. And in each of these lessons of barrenness, I want to look at two people, okay? Two couples. The first couple and the last couple, okay? And that is enough. So we look at the nut and we look at the bolt. And uh, we, we, we will try to understand some lessons today. First, of course, we looked at, we know Abraham and Sarah. And the last couple, both the new covenant, the beginning of the new covenant and the beginning of the old covenant, okay? Beginning of the old covenant from Abraham and the beginning of new covenant from with uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. And you'll see that Sarah was barren, her name was Sarai, when she was barren. And it says in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1 onwards, look at what it says. Hmm? When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless is what your translation says, which, which other translations will use the word perfect. Okay, another translation actually, KJ will use the word perfect. And then goes on, go on, till verse um, 6, all right? And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with, with, is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called, what? Abraham. But you shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Now that is interesting, right? You just look at the words over here. No longer shall you be called Abraham, but your name will be called Abraham and you shall be what? Exceedingly fruitful. Interesting. Abraham, Abraham, exceedingly fruitful. Now think about this. Two things are happening over here. First, name change. What is happening? Till now you are Abraham. Exalted father. Now Abraham, father of many nations. Now we know, I, I, I remember this, I, I think um, I, I mentioned this sometime back. Abraham to Abraham, you have a He, which is added. Okay. He is the fifth alphabet in the Hebrew, I mean, fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalet, He. Okay. He means Ha, from which you get the word Ruach or the breath. Okay. So what, hap- what is going to happen to Abraham? God is going to breathe into Abraham, his Holy Spirit, and he's going to breathe into Sarai and make her what? Sarah, and both of them, the deadness of Abraham and the deadness of Sarah, absolutely fruitless, what is going to come into their lives will be the Holy Spirit, and something else also happens. On that very day, something something else also, also happens. What does God ask him to do? Circumcise. You see, if you look at the entire Bible, whenever there is a circumcision that is taking place, there is also something also is taking place. What is happening? Excuse me? Name change. On the eighth day, 
Zachariah takes his son to the temple to do what? To the synagogue, to do what? To circumcise him. And everybody calls him Zachariah Jr. They say, no, 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 no. Mother says, John. And he also writes his name, John, and his mouth opens. It's a name change. In other words, your destiny is going to change on that day. Okay, what is happening? Two things is happening simultaneously. The cutting away of the flesh is happening and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Two things are happening. In order for you to be fruitful, two things have to happen. The flesh has to be cut away and you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the reason why. That is the reason why in Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 also will say, We are the what? Circumcision. Who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in flesh. You know what Abraham was saying? Oh Lord, Ishmael, Lord, Abraham. Abraham was saying, oh Lord, Ishmael. God says, no way. He's rejected. I'm going to change you. I'm going to put a hay into you. I'm going to send my fifth word. That is word five. Five means what? Five stands for grace. Okay. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. Rejoice, yo, barren woman. Isaiah 54 verse 1, right? Look at what it says. Isaiah 54 verse 1. Hmm? And this is exactly what the same verse Paul calls in, Paul quotes in Galatians. Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married. Exceedingly fruitful. Desolate. I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. Why? I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And what is going to happen to you? You have to cut away your flesh. Two things have to happen. Cutting away of your flesh and the infilling of your Holy Spirit. And you know what's going to happen? Your actual spiritual destiny will start. Of fruitfulness. That's the first lesson. A cutting away of the flesh and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean? Whenever you have a situation, if you, if you, one of the studies that you can do, studies that you can do, read the book of Acts, not of the apostles, Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. That is my translation of Acts. Okay. Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And by the way, the Telugu translation has been written by uh, the Baptists. Okay. Because when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know what they say? Parishuddhatma to kadu. Parishuddhatma lo. To and lo. There's a change. Hmm? One means baptism in. I mean, you'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Ah, you'll be. This, the, the other thing has a completely different meaning. It doesn't mean what we mean actually. Then I said, oh, even these people, when they translate the Bible, they have their doctrinal spectacles in their mind and in their hearts when they write it. So be very careful. Okay. They change it in the Telugu Bible. So many places actually. And so many places are, so, so many good things are there. But if, if you look at the entire act, if you, you can do a study, Parishuddhatmato Nimpabadi. In other words, the guy was filled with the Holy Spirit and he does something. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word with boldness. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and Paul filled with the Holy Spirit and looks at Elima and says something. Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit and the faith, does many miracles. And his, and his doctrine, they are not able to gainsay. Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, sees the heavens open. And Jesus, not sitting, 
standing at the right hand of the Father. That's an incredible revelation. Okay. You see that Holy filling of the Holy Spirit has a very interesting, I mean, you do a study and you'll, you'll be really blessed. But what I'm saying is this. How do you come into fruitfulness is by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. There's no plan B. Okay. It is through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's the cutting away of the flesh and by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Romans chapter 4 and verses 9 to 22. We know this verses very well. <clears throat> Romans chapter 4 verses 19 to 22. Look at what it says. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Not the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened, what? In faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able, also able to perform. The cutting away of the flesh, and therefore you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you'll have the ability to bring forth something of eternal value. Let us look at the other couple. Let's look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 5 to 14. 5 to 7, and then verse 14. Uh, verses 13 and 14, okay? 5 to 7, and verses 13 and 14. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah, of the division of Abia. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the, in all the commandments of, commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Uh, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. And then, verse 13 and 14. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Something very interesting about this barren couple, barren couple. Five things I mentioned about them. First thing that is mentioned is that they were righteous where? Before God. Second that is mentioned about them is that they walked in all the commandments of God. Third, they mentioned, that thing is mentioned is, they walked in all the ordinances of God. Both are different, okay? And fourth, they were blameless. And fifth, verse 13 and, 13 and 14. Fifth, it says, they prayed. <laughs> okay, they prayed. The prayer is heard. Okay, the prayer is heard. And then, of course, you have this prophecy which comes, I mean, uh, angel comes and visits, and you know the story. But I want to, see, we cannot produce barrenness in our own self. But we can prepare ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can position ourselves to be fruitful. Okay? So what are the five things, four things, four, five things we will learn. First, it says, they were righteous before the Lord, their God, and not before man. You see, what does that mean? It means at least three things. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 in the NASB and verses 1. First verse 1. Okay. In the NASB. <clears throat> Beware of practicing your righteousness before men. 
to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. And then he goes on to say about three things. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Three things. First he says, when you give, don't give alms. That means there should be a practice of giving. Second he says, when you pray, how do you pray? Not openly, but clo- in, in going, going into your secret closet of prayer and let there be no vain repetitions. And third thing he says, when you fast. So three things. What are those three things? A life of giving. A life, or not giving how? Giving in secret. Second, a life of praying. Where? In secret. And the third thing, a life of fasting. How? In secret. There's three things. Specifically, I'm talking about practical things. Because what is first, what is fasting? Fasting is humbling yourself before God. We know that very well, right? First thing, when you give, a life of giving. Okay, that means you, even if you see that there's no ostensible fruit in your life, never say, "Lord, I've given so much." That's the reason. I don't be weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you do not lose. That's the first thing. A life of giving. Second, a life of prayer. Where? In secret. Okay. A practice of the life of prayer. And a third thing, very important for us. Okay. A life of fasting. Okay. A life of fasting. Humbling yourself before God. Third thing. uh, That is the first thing that is mentioned. Righteousness which is before God. Second, they walked in All the commandments of the Lord their God. What does that mean? It means obedient to the light that you have been given. No matter the circumstances, they obeyed God to the light that they had. Now look at John's Gospel chapter 14 and we'll look at uh, uh, verses uh, uh, 15 to 16 and verses 19 to 21. Okay, 15 to 16 and verses 19 to 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. All right? And I will pray the Father and I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verses 17 and 18. Verse 19. A little while longer and the world will see you no more but you will see me because I live. You will also live. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who, what? Has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. So there are two things over here. You have to have have the commandments then you have to Obey the commandments. Okay. So you have to increase in your understanding of what God's commandments are. And you also also have to increase in your obedience to what you have been given. For example, that is the reason why a priest had two things. He had the umim, urim and the thumim. Urim means he had light or rather lights. Okay. And thumim means what? Perfections. So urim means he had a for, for, for one level he had urim. That means he had a light to that level. He had to grow into perfection to that level. Okay. And now the light is going to increase. Okay. Like today we have, uh, in my, in my home, my, my Abigail is my, uh, what do you say, is my experimental platform. Okay. I push her. I can push her. I, there's one, th- one thing I can do is I can push her and she will take it. Okay. She can sit and study. So I, 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 I raised the level from, uh, five to sixth grade now. Fifth, fifth level is over. And one of the things I said, Abigail, 
silly mistakes are bad habits. Calculation errors are bad habits. 100 is a given. We don't compromise on that. So she, she is getting scared these days, but it's okay. She just get, it's good to get scared, no? So, 100 marks, she, uh, 90, she, I think it was three paces back, she got 98 because she made a silly error. Silly error, okay. I said, Abigail, silly error, Abigail. Come on, you can do it. From next time onwards, you should see the carefulness, the last pace before she graduated. Neatest handwriting that I've ever seen. The cutting of the way she even cut away the, the, you know, when the, the factors, right? Oh, perfect. And she got so frustrated with me, she memorized the entire pace, including the calculations. I was shocked. I was telling the numbers and she was giving me the answers. Without even, exp- I mean, I didn't even complete the problem. Uh, something like, uh, AC had four things and three things. She said, 12. How did you, how did you get that? Ah, because I already remembered it. She remembered the answer, like she was like MSET examination, no? In MSET examination, it's like this, they don't even look at the question. They look at the numbers and write the answer. That is how they become so perfect. I said, good. Good. What is that? Fifth level, tak okay. Now we kya hua? Sixth level. <laughs> what is happening? Urim is increasing. Light is increasing. What do you need? Perfection to that light. Some people are uh, 10th class, 7th year. Which year? 10th class. Metric pass but failed or something, something. Right? Kuch kuch ki hai, apna abbreviations. Kaisa hai, Baba? To that level. That is the reason why. Urim and Thummim, they were blameless in all the commandments that they had. And what did God give them? He gave them more light. Urim and Thummim. Urim and Thummim. Urim and Thummim. Now question is, God has given us all some light. We may, not, we may not be at the level of Pastor James, but at that level that you are. Are you striving for perfection? So Lord, to the light that I have, I want to be obedient. It is not according to what one does not have, but what according to one has. Urim, Thummim. And these are habits. One point, Lord, give me the grace, Lord, to the level that I have, I will be found blameless. In the little things. Including keeping the house, church, office in order. Okay. So little thing maybe, but no way. We are, we are going to come to that level. Okay. Umim, Urim, Thumim, Urim and Thum. So they have commandments. Now some people have commandments, uh, uh, tithing only, they are still doing. That also with great difficulty. Oh, I gave you the tithe slot today. Thank you, Jesus. Think about these things. Okay. So first, you have, you have walked in all the commandments of the Lord and they were third thing. It says, uh, the first thing, they were righteous before God. Second thing says, they walked in all the commandments of the Lord. Third thing, they walked in all the ordinances of God. And what are these ordinances? Romans chapter 1 again, verses 31 and 32. It's very important. Just verse 31 and maybe, okay. Uh, 31 and 32, yeah. Uh, who knowing the righteous, what? Judgment. So what is the word ordinance here? Judgment. 
What is? So how are they living? In the light of God's, God's judgment. First thing, they were righteous before God. Second thing, they were walking in all the commandments of God that they had. Third thing, they were living in the light of the final examination. Okay. They were living in the light of the final examination where everything will be tested by fire. In the light of judgment. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 15 verse 4. Revelation chapter 15 verse 4. Look at this powerful verses. 15 verse 4. Hmm? Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all the nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments or ordinances have been manifested that day. Judgments. Everything will be judged. And everyone will get his reward according to his works. Scary verses. Isaiah chapter 26. Let's read from verse 7 onwards. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 7 onwards. Hmm? The way of the just is upright. Oh, most upright. <laughs> Look at this. The way of the just is uprightness. Oh, most upright. You weigh the path of the just. And you know, Job says something very interesting. He says, he is testing me. When? Every moment. That is how they lived. Why was he blameless? He was being tested and he knew that he was being tested. Even not having a test is a test, by the way. Ostensibly. Prosperity is a greater test. Success is a greater test. The way of the just is uprightness, O most upright, you weigh the path of the just. And then, yes, in the way of your, look at this, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of your soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. Why? Verse 9. With, with my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For, why? For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn what? Righteousness. Okay. When your judgments are in the world, your inhabitants will, will learn righteousness. Think about it. Think about it. In everything that happens in this world, do we see the judgment of God? Do you think God is there in, in, in the midst of it? He may not be the cause of it, but is he allowing it? What is he teaching us? See, They lived a righteous life before God. They followed and obeyed all the commandments of God. Third thing, they lived in the light of God's judgment. Verse 10. Okay, verse 10, verse 10, verse 10, verse 10. Look at this, verse 10 of Isaiah 26. Powerful. Let grace be shown to the wicked. What will they do? Yet they will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, they deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. No. And then go on. And verse 11. The Lord, when your hand is lifted, they will not see, but they will see and be ashamed for their envy of the people. Yes, the fire of your enemies will devour them. The Lord, the Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works. Where? In us. You have done all our works in us, living in the light of God's judgment. That is the reason why Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13. 10 to 13. But the day of the Lord. Okay will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away in a great 
with a great noise. And the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for the hastening of the coming of the Lord. Living in the light of the final examination. Actually, you will get scared, right? Will this come in the exam? Professor, will this come in the exam? You know, one of the best things, learn the text and obey it to the best of your ability. I mean, not to the best of it, to the light that you have, obey. And that day you will not be ashamed. You will be like, you will be like, you will be confident, no? Um, you wrote the entrance exam. You are not looking for rank. You are looking for which rank? Some people, no? Are you top 100 or so? All India rank 100. And they are so confident. I'm telling you, I've seen such people like that. Top, top 100, no problem, no question about that. Are in the, in so many people and lakhs and lakhs of people are going to give this exam, you're so sure that you're going to be top 100? Absolutely. That is the level of preparation. Do you think it's going to be, will this come in the exam, sir? I tell my students, whatever comes out of my mouth, you are responsible. Finished. There ends the matter. <laughs> you are accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth. Over. Okay. Right? Understand that. Live in the light of the final examination. And you know what will happen? Everything will fall, into, fall in order. I have seen that. When MSET examination is coming, my days, my, I remember those days, no? Oh, even to sleep 15 minutes extra was a problem. Was a, was a, was a problem. Some people, they were so crazy, they thought if they sleep 15 minutes extra, one rank, they will lose one rank. I, I, I dwelt among such morons, I mean, uh, such, uh, such people, I, I, know, I, know, I know what I'm talking about. They were crazy fellows. Crazy. Entrance exam times those days, I mean, I was ashamed of myself, but at the same time, I, I learned a lot from them. Okay, that's the reason why it says, if these people work for a perishable crown, how much more you and I live in the light of God's judgment. First thing, what is the first thing? They were righteous before God. Second thing, they had the commandments of the Lord and they obeyed the commandments of the Lord. Third thing, they lived in the light of God's judgment. Fourth thing, they were blameless. <laughs> okay, Blameless meaning what? They put short accounts with God. Okay. Whenever they fell, they repented. And they said, Lord, I don't just want to repent, I want to overcome. Okay. I just don't want to be a mistake in the problem. Next time when the problem comes, in any shape given form, any shape form, I should be able to solve it. In your language. Or in my language. Okay. Understand, blameless or complete or perfect. That is the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. Let us do something. What is that? Just one verse. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles, let us go on to what? Perfection. Completion. It is not this that you are that you are mistakeless or sinless. We are not talking about that at all. In fact, 1 John chapter 1 will say, if any man says that he is without sin, he makes God a liar. No. No, 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 no. 
what are you doing? If we confess, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And before God, we will have a clean slate. We have short accounts with God, short accounts with man. You said something which is out of turn, immediately call and apologize. What do you do? Call and apologize. Difficult, no? Maybe it is easy to send one flower. But to say sorry? Some people have different ways of saying sorry. But uh, if it is very difficult for you to say sorry, you should say sorry. What did I say? Ah, If it is very difficult for you to say sorry, then you should say sorry. Then you know that you are humble. Sort of really cringe. I mean, that's exactly what David is doing to Muhammad Ijab. Take down your tweets. Take down your tweets and apologize. Swallow your pride and <laughs> apologize. It's very funny, actually. It's going on on the internet, okay? Big war is going on. Hmm? Okay, but blameless. Short accounts with God. Short accounts with God. Fifth one. They prayed. What does that mean? They never gave up. What is that? They never gave up. Never, ever, ever give up. It's what we call as an importunate widow, no? Remember that widow? Importunate. Grant me justice. Grant me vengeance. Grant me vengeance from my adversary. Turn that to, turn to Luke's Gospel 18, verses 1 and 2. Hmm? <clears throat> and he spoke a parable to them. That men always ought to pray. And then what? Not lose heart. When do you not lose heart? Your wife is barren. You are also very old and you are still, what are you doing? Still praying, yeah. Still praying. Still praying. Still holding on. Lord, my life should be of value. I cannot be like this, Lord. Give me children or I die. Saying, there was a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city. In other words, barren in other words, right? And she came to him saying, get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said to himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, what will I do? Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect and cry, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? You know what that means? These were people who were people of faith till the last. Even if they didn't see anything, they said, you know what? My life will be of some value. I will not give up. I will not give up. One of the easiest things people do in this, especially the young age, is that they give up easily. Just so easily give up. That because we live in a in a in a in a in a society or in a in a culture of solution manuals, right? Because we want everything easy. Okay, we can't fix our battery. What do we do? YouTube, how to fix battery? Video. Tuck, it comes immediately. Nothing you do, you don't have to. I was, I was having, I had one brother who graduated from IIT. He's not there now with us. I asked him, what do you do in your company? Pastor, Google search, cut, copy, paste. Take salary. 
ऐसा बाबा क्या बात है अरे इतने इतना इतना गूगल सर्च के लिए तुम लोग तुम लोग आई गए क्या बात है सी कट कॉपी पेस्ट मास्टर सो यू हैव प्रॉब्लम व्हाट इज नॉट वर्किंग मॉडल नंबर ए आई वन फोर सिक्स फाइव नॉट वर्किंग व्हाट डू यू डू दैट इज हाउ दैट्स काइंड ऑफ अ जनरेशन वी डोंट नो व्हाट इट मीन्स टू टैरी ऑन एंड प्रेयर ओके थिंक अबाउट द प्रॉब्लम टेल मी वॉट इज द आंसर you don't have that tenacity we had a old professor called um, professor ram um, prk rao i don't know if he's still alive i'm not wishing that he should die but prk rao no when we would go to him he would give us an assignment says sir uh, this problem we are not getting there's a banyan tree over there so how do we solve this problem sir go to the banyan tree sit under the banyan tree and meditate you wouldn't believe it that's exactly what he told us i'm not going to give you the solution I am not. How to solve the problem? Sorry, you are not going to get it from me. But the exams are very tough. If you get minus one, you will get A. What? Sometimes zero gets A. Oh, you got a zero. Huh? Very good. Hey, you did very well today. This time, <laughs> Professor P R K Rao. Huh? is remarkable so those kinds of professors are not there anymore no you don't get the solution you didn't get the solution come on search man google search this search that search you by the time it is evening the solution is there you don't have to wait anymore we take the same thing to god lord tenacity in prayer tenacity in prayer you see Do you think from barrenness to fruitfulness is on some one simple formula? What do you think? I'm going to give you a formula. No, I'm going to give you attitude. <laughs> I'm going to give you attitude. What is the attitude that we need to have? Like Derek Prince said, no one way to get long suffering, and everybody was looking at him. Maybe three steps to long suffering is to suffer long. Hare. <laughs> but the point is this no time is is winding up okay everything is coming to a close we have to have this urgency in our own heart lord give me children or i die give me children or i die my life should value for something i see church being bereft of children because they have allowed false dirty doctrine bad water to come into the church i want to be a guy who will withstand that in my own life who will not compromise with truth in my own life i will receive the love of truth in my own life i will not tolerate for any other thing except the truth for myself How, however difficult it might seem for me to accept it i will not tolerate it lord because law came through moses what came through jesus grace and truth came through jesus christ grace and truth came through jesus that is the reason why we take part of this table right this morning okay he broke it he took the bread and he broke it telling us without me you can do what nothing
If my words abide in you and you abide in me, whatever you ask of my father, I will give it to you. For without me, you can do nothing. And we say, Lord, Lord, ninth month is coming. And one cry in my heart, God, give me children or I die. Whatever that is, let that be your heart. Amen. Pastor. Hallelujah. As we come to the table, meditate on the word that you have heard. You know, Rachel in her desperation of other reasons cried, give me children or I die. Thousands of years later, a man called John Knox took the same cry and prayed, give me Scotland or let me die. That's how Scotland was saved. Okay, so these are spiritual cries. Spiritual cries. So we have to always keep the word in picture. And I was thinking, like Pastor Vijay was saying, you know, because in India everybody understands MSET, 100 rank. <laughs> okay, think about eternity standing before God. It says it's like a multitude, like a sea, right? Let's say 5 billion saved in eternity, 8 billion served in eternity, and everybody's waiting for the rank list. <laughs> and Peter has his rank list, 144,001. Will you be happy? Oh, you are out. You are not in the 144,000. <laughs> you are below. <laughs> 144,001 means you will not follow the lamp wherever he goes. So there is a rank list there also. But out of 8 billion, if you have 144,001, people will be happy in India. <laughs> in heaven, you will realize you missed by one. All eternity, they follow him wherever he goes. Okay, so that's why I like that. It's not seven steps. It is attitudes. Today, you know, I mean, we all use Google, you know. <laughs> we all use Google. When things go wrong, Google is there to help you. <laughs> Only thing in my house I have, see, on, you know, when I say Siri, the Apple also answers, my Siri also answers. I got a kid called Siri in my house, you know, so both of them say. Sometimes the kid is faster than Siri. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, and that's exactly what has happened in the world, in, in the church. In the church. I, I keep telling my wife, I said, you know what, you're praying for people, the same people for years. You're not making them prayer warriors. They're just outsourcing their prayers and it's not good. The whole purpose is that I said, I like it that you come here and pray. So a lot of people around the world. And if you look at sometimes our prayer sessions have more people what than the word session is during the week because you know what people are learning to pray people are learning to pray you know they said okay that's what we wanted you know we want to pray we want to learn how to pray people are learning to pray okay so please remember god is looking for people who will pray you know god will look for people who will pray ultimately that's what we need we need people who pray we don't need too many people who preach because there are too many people who preach, that's where the error has come in. But if, you see, if you are closed in your secret place with God, you cannot go wrong in there. It's impossible to go wrong in the secret place. You can go wrong in the public place if you are praying. It's impossible for any man or woman to get into your room unseen by nobody and shut your door and pray. God will correct you. You cannot go wrong there. 
It's impossible to go there. And the church needs people like that in the last days. A multitude who is shutting in. Nobody knows them. Nobody sees. Like I keep saying, God sees. The whole of Damascus does not see. They have no clue. But God says, go there. Go to that house. There's a man called Saul from Tarsus. Behold, he prays. Nobody had any idea. Nobody had any idea. Just three days. Just took three days. And his destiny is decided. So this morning, come. Pastor Vijay would move the table to the side. As uh, Peter, could you give us one one stanza? I hope everybody at home have the elements with you. We reached the senior citizens who are by advice of the government not allowed to come out. And the others I hope you picked. And around the world, I hear you are all gathering in so many places. I heard there are around 60 in one house in New York watching. I hope you all have your elements. Okay, and the other place over a hundred, Middle East, I'm not mentioning the numbers. No, so, but I hope you all have your elements with you. And, uh, Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord, looking unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith began the day we looked up and saw the crucified Christ, the one who died for our sins. That's where it began. And our faith will end one day when we see you face to face, the resurrected Christ, the ascended Christ, the glorified Christ. What you have begun in us, you will finish. You said, and we gather to do this in remembrance of you. One ordinance you give us. We want to thank you for your sacrifice. For through that one sacrifice, you have perfected all those who are being sanctified. There's not one more sacrifice needed. One more animal does not have to die. Christ doesn't have to come a second time and die again. Once and for all, it is done. It is finished. And we are saved. We just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you for the blood. Doesn't matter how many times we sing. It's still always true. We just thank you for the blood. For it is the blood that cleanses us. The blood of the Passover lamb only covered it didn't cleanse. The blood of God's own lamb cleanses of all unrighteousness. We want to come to your ta- table as blood cleansed children of God. Blameless. Not because of our works, but because of what you have done. We acknowledge our sins. We look up to the cross. We believe from that fountain it's still flowing and we receive our forgiveness by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. As here in Hyderabad and around the world, as your children partake of it, let there be healing. Let there be strength. And those who are asleep in this inner man's spirit, awake to righteousness. That's what you promised us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name.
Let it be personal. It's your blood that cleanses me. It's your blood that gives me life. It's your blood that took my place in redeeming sacrifice. Oh, worship me. Whiter than the snow, than the snow, my Jesus, ghost precious sacrifice. Father, we just come to you this morning. We just want to thank you, Lord. We just want to thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Everyone who is barren, let them cry out. Let them cry out to the God who makes man fruitful. The Lord who sends the rain of the Holy Spirit that we may be fruitful. You said abide in me and my word in you. And whatever you ask, the Father will give you. It is to my Father's glory that you made much fruit. Even when he hung on the cross, he was bearing fruit. The Spirit of God comes and dwells and fills in every situation. God says, you will bear fruit. You will not be bearing. Joseph bore fruit in his father's house. He bore fruit as a slave in Potiphar's house. He bore fruit in the prison with fetters around his neck and feet. And then when he was released, he bore fruit as prince of Egypt. And Jacob would bless him. Joseph is a fruitful bough planted by the well. His branches will go over the wall. That's my prayer for all who are listening today. You will be a fruitful bough planted by the well of God and you will go over the wall. You will not just be a blessing to your family, to your household. You will be a blessing to many households. Ask of me and I shall give you the nations as your inheritance is a cry from heaven. You said you do not have because you do not ask. Ask, 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 ask for things that will last in eternity. Ask for things that will bring glory to the Father. Ask for things that have eternal weight. Ask. God said, you will receive. Look back to the history of men and women of God. They tarried, they waited, they cried, they asked. And God gave them nations. Father, we too stand in the gap, Lord. We ask for mercy, mercy, mercy. Mercy. Multitude, multitudes in the valley of decision and the day of the Lord is near, Lord. We ask for mercy for our nation. 1.3 billion. 
They do not know their right hand from their left. And the day of the Lord is near. We ask for mercy, 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 Lord, mercy. Two billion Muslims in the world, Lord, they do not know their right from their left. What grace and mercy. We cry for mercy, mercy, Lord, mercy. A billion Catholics, brethren, Lord, caught in idolatry. Oh, Father, we look. All we can cry is, Lord, mercy, 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 Lord, mercy. Do not close the gate of grace, Lord. Do not withdraw your Holy Spirit, Lord. We look in our homes. We look in our families. We look everywhere, Lord. People are blinded by the world or by the law. Blinded. Blinded. They are not able to see the perfect glowing face of Jesus where there is liberty. They have been bitten by the snake. They are dying of the poison. If only they would lift up their heads and look at him who was crucified for our redemption. Oh Father, we cry for mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Because there is no other name given under the heavens but the name of Jesus. For which salvation may be found. There is no other mediator between God and man but the man Jesus. Oh Father, we are not politically correct. We are not ashamed of that name. We will declare that name. We will cry out in that name. And we will crying out now even in the name of Jesus. Father have mercy, mercy, mercy. Have mercy Lord, have mercy. In the last Christian nation standing you as we pray Lord. Have mercy, mercy, mercy. Judgment is there. It is so close. And they are banging like those blinded people were banging on Lord's door in Sodom without knowing 12 hours later the city would be burned up and there would be nothing left. And U.S. is facing that same hour. They are crying out for liberty for sin and not for liberty from sin. But we, Lord, we, Lord, cry out for mercy for them because we cannot forget the labor of their forefathers many of them who came to this land lived among us and died and were buried among us we heard the gospel because of their forefathers we will not look down on the white man we will not look at the, down on the white race because white men are buried all over India, Lord, for the sake of the gospel. We will not judge them by the color of their skin because they lay down their life for us. The blood was shed in this land. So we cry out, it's our time, Lord, now to stand in the gap for them. Because when we were in darkness and in blindness, they stood in the gap for us. We were not righteous people, we were like Elimus. This land was a land of sorcery. Caught in the gall of bitterness. But they left their homes. They left their lands. Traveled. For months together, Lord, in fragile boats and ships, 
and came and lived among us and preached the gospel. Learned that language. Wrote the script. They are the ones, O Lord, who learned our languages, made a script and wrote the Bible and gave it to us in our own tongue. And we now stand for them, Lord, their children. And we pray, Lord, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy on U.S. Have mercy on U.S. Have mercy on U.S., Lord. When Israel cried out in Egypt, your word says you heard their groanings and remembered your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Today we pray, Lord, remember their forefathers. Have mercy on the children, Lord. Mercy, Lord, mercy. That's all we ask, Lord, mercy. Extend your hand of mercy over that land, Lord. Let the gate of grace not be closed. Extend, Lord, extend. Over U.S., over Britain, over Europe. That one vision Paul saw, Lord, the man from Macedonia. He obeyed that vision. And the gospel went to Europe. And then the gospel went from Europe to the ends of the world. It was not Asia that took the gospel to the ends of the world. It was Europe. We do not know why. But history, God's history will record. It was the white man who took the gospel to the ends of the world. And we will not look down upon them. He will not look down upon them. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. There is not one state in India where a white servant of God is not buried. Have mercy. Have mercy on these nations. One more time, Lord. One more time. Breathe upon these nations one more time. Let your Holy Spirit sweep over these nations. One more time, Lord. One more time. It's our turn now, Lord, to cry out for them. White man like D.L. Moody went almost blind because he dyed his hair to look like the Chinese so that nothing in hood would be obstacle to the gospel he was preaching. Oh Father, have mercy. Have mercy, have mercy Lord, have mercy. Touch these lands. Touch these nations. One more time. Let that spirit that was on Elijah, the double portion that was on Elisha, one more time you said, the former and the latter rain shall come together. And we are thirsty. The spiritual Israel is thirsty. Pour out your spirit, Lord, once more. Once more, Lord, pour out. We wait, Lord. We wait. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, we just thank you, Lord. I commit the church into thy hands, GDC worldwide, everywhere. And all those who are listening, join together with us. Let your healing words, your flow. By faith we believe, 
the train of your robe is filling the temple. And by faith like that woman, Lord, we reach out and touch the hem of your robe. Let your virtue flow into every sick body, every troubled heart. Let virtue flow even now, Lord. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow, Lord. And let people be made whole. For you came to set the captives free. Even today you have come to set us free. Even today you have come and walking in our midst to destroy the works of the devil. And make us whole. And by faith we receive it from you, Lord. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Wherever your people are in their homes, in their hallways, wherever they are, by faith, believing the word has sanctified us. By faith, the emblems of the body and the blood we partook has sanctified us. In your sanctuary, we lift up holy hands and we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And we lift up our mouths and we will proclaim, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And all God's people said in Jesus' name, Amen, 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 Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen, Amen, Amen.